Also, when you said Gary V. Ness, it sounded like penis. I just didn't know. Oh, Gary's penis. It's like it's like Gary's mod. (laughs) That's Gary V's. Cool, Eric. You want to know something cool? What? That was the cold open. No, (laughs) no, no. I. I, Okay, now we are starting the podcast for real. conversation like we just started what's up everybody it's a normal natural today and i'm here just having the combo there's um, a way the show opens right <laughs> almost certain. what's up sad boys it's basketball welcome to sad boys there we go welcome to source <laughs> it's <laughs> welcome uh, to feelings <laughs> sad boys yeah. a feelings podcast about we, feelings we're I all boys like we're all boys and we all Eric, feel. do you actually just want to take over from here yeah, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Eric Silver, the new host of, of Sad Boys. Uh, you might know me from shows such as Join the Party and being the head of creative at Multitude. And now I'm running this, and I have two guests here on Sad Boys. Uh, I'm looking at the name. It's Jorvin and, and Jorvis. Is that uh, correct? We, we both we just prefer to go by Justin. Yeah, oh. collective. Collectively. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like nice a murder sh- of crows. <laughs> a murder of Jorvins? It's so nice. Justin of content. Is it, you know, I, you know, maybe this is a little problematic of me to say, but if you were watching <laughs> the news and somebody was like, there's been a horrific murder of Jorben, uh, do you think that people would care? I, I, I for <laughs> one, think that it wouldn't incite the national outrage <laughs> um, <laughs> that it should, because most people would be like, I'm sorry, did he say Jorben? <laughs> I think I honestly, if a friend of, <laughs> a very close friend of mine or family member had passed away and their name was Jorbin, I, regardless of our relationship, I'm probably busy during the day of the funeral. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, God rest his soul, but obviously Jorbin is dead. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't one for this world. Can you get a styrofoam coffin? <laughs> In Jewish services, you have something called a yard site where you commemorate, you commemorate people's uh, like death day. And you go to uh, Saturday Shabbat services to do that. And, like, at all time, depending on whoever's there, it's, like, whoever's yard site, and they're going to uh, respect that. And sometimes the rabbi reads out whose yard site it is, and they just have the most silliest, most buckwild name. <laughs> but you know that their family members are there to respect them, and you're like, yeah. mm, I'm not going to laugh at Jeff Dick- <laughs> D- Dixman. I'm not going to. <laughs> That's very funny. It's like, yeah, uh, we're here to celebrate the life of Helium Billium. <laughs> Sometimes I think about whether I'd like to go peacefully in my sleep or on my deathbed holding the hand of my ninth beautiful child, or if I want like a Looney Tunes death. Like, here lays Jordan, <laughs> here lays Jordan Adika. He ran into a painting of a tunnel on a big <laughs> at this point i just want whether it's true or not i just want a really really bananas eulogy or no not a eulogy like in the in the paper where they write up what happened oh, like an, obituary. Life. an obituary an yeah. obituary yes i want a really ba- bonkers obituary like eric silver age 79 was known around the downtown as as poker jim <laughs> 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 a 
in the downtown of where? Just, <laughs> just, down, just the downtown. Of downtownsville. <laughs> sure, he, he's remembered by his children, grandchildren, and a pack of wolves that remembered his scent. <laughs> that raised him from birth. <laughs> um, Jordan, I would like to listen to a true crime podcast that investigated your death by walking into a painting of a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, and there's <laughs> at one point they bring in the roadrunner who doesn't say a word. Oh, plink. talk, you son of a bitch. Me. Beep, beep. <laughs> plink, 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 plink. Yeah, I know. We definitely. Plink, oh, I thought that was plink, the cold plink, open. Plink, plink. <laughs> plink I remember plink, seeing. Plink, 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 plink. No, Eric knows it. It's plink, 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 <laughs> plink. I remember when I saw the painting. I couldn't believe a man ran into it. Plink, plink, <laughs> plink. <laughs> yeah, but as I got closer to the story, I fell in love with him and the painting. Plink, plink, plink. Hello, plink, everyone. Plink. It's me. Ira Glass, we are going to release the address and personal name of a woman who did not give us the permission to do that <laughs> um, for cash and success. That was so good. I thought you were playing an Ira Glass recording. <laughs> yeah, it was. Could that you was just do town. everything as <laughs> which he doesn't. Right. All right, wait, Jordan. Could you do? <laughs> could you do Ira introducing an episode of Sad yeah, Boys? Absolutely. Hello, everyone. It's me, Ira Glass here from. NPR. And today we're looking at a podcast about what is it again? Feelings. That's feelings. Really, that's the <laughs> podcast. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's about it's about feelings. Now, that is a statement from today's guest, Jarvis Johnson, at. Will I cut it out, uh, Mr. Glass? <laughs> That's my actual address, Mr. Glass. <laughs> I'm Mike Birbiglia, just waiting for Act Two, just to deliver oh, a great, a great. What story. I should have said was his SSN. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, I said Jorvis, but what I should have said was nothing. Nothing. What's the name of the guy from oh. the Daily that can't say. Here's what else you need to know today. Uh, Michael yeah. Barbaro. Michael Barbaro. Here's what and else. Here's, here's, here's what else. <laughs> Oh, I can do I can do a oh, Michael please. Barbaro. This is Michael Barbaro. <laughs> and here's the knees. Oh wait, fuck. Uh, and here's the knees. Oh fuck, I can't say it either. Okay, hold on. It's the curse. It's a. And here's the news you need to know. Today. Here's the news you need to. Here's know what else. <laughs> here's what else you need to know today. They did an episode like a few weeks back, or maybe a couple months back, which is literally just a compilation of him trying to say it. I did put a few marks in the audio uh, around 25 minutes in my audio file where you say my actual address. So I would like that. I would like that to be removed. Are you also live streaming to the Discord? All right, now we can start the podcast. Yeah, go on. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jordan. Well, I'm tripping my coffee. And I'm oh. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I'm Michael Barbaro. <laughs> There's way too many people in this recording. Oh my God, Obama. Yo, it's uh, it's Barry O. <laughs> no relation. And uh, I'm here with my dog, Bo, and uh, Michelle, and <laughs> Sasha, Malia, and Michael Barbaro. <laughs> hey, Obama. It's it's Ira, Jordan. Ira Glass. Your Ira Glass is so good. Every time you do it, I think you're playing like the beginning of Serial, where he <laughs> comes in to introduce it. It's I think so it'll... uncanny. Does it help that I, my Zoom video isn't on right now? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I could be Ira Glass doing a dynamite Jordan. Don't let this go to Jordan's head. 
It's just really good. Huh. It, it might be just like the, the microphone you're using or everything. I'm just telling you it's good. Did you? Yeah. So you really, really like it, huh? I do. Huh. I think you're doing a good job. And Jarvis gets to say his name first on the chat. Yeah. Mm. That's. I can say my name first if that would. Make yeah, it actually, that easier. would be great. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Eric Silver. That's me. Hello. Thanks for letting me come onto this podcast because I didn't have a safe space to be sad, but now I can. We we just thought that you don't often have the opportunity to express yourself on audio. Yeah, and the few occasions where you've done it are obviously bad. <laughs> and we thought, hey, hey, you know, why not give to the less fortunate? As the first guest of the new season. Yeah, the only time I can express my emotions is through thinly veiled jokes <laughs> that I put into my Dungeons and Dragons and sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, for those who aren't familiar uh, with you, who I'm sure are few and far between, how would you describe yourself? Well, that's such a kind question to ask me, Jorbin. <laughs> because our topic of today's show is identity. So ASL, Eric. <laughs> so, so yes, cough it out, cough it up. <laughs> cough it out. Uh, for, <laughs> so cough it out, mister. Like a, like a hard phlegm. Uh, well, first of all, nine and a half. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how tall you are yeah 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 um, nine and a half what what's the unit <laughs> nine and a half say? multitudes yeah exactly yeah exactly we measure it by uh mike michael schubert mike schubert's foot we have our own nine and a half schubert's yeah nine and a half schubert feet <laughs> i am the dungeon master of join the party uh, I am the creator and writer of the audio sitcom Next Stop. Uh, I am also the head of creative at Multitude, which is an audio collective and studio that has a bunch of different shows under it. And also, uh, I, I'm Jewish. I feel like that's always something I want to add onto those things. You, but do I, you think we have some listeners that uh, would be concerned by that? And if you're against that, then stop listening right now. There are plenty of podcasts for you, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is dark. No, I, it's just because I live in New York City, have family mm. in Long Island, and express a lot of things loudly. I feel like people get that just from my general mm, demeanor. Right. But when we're right. talking about how you want to introduce yourself, I feel like that's always a thing that I want to say so that I tell them so they're not making assumptions about me. <laughs> right. That way they can be accurate. It's like, I want to get ahead of that. I heard a rumor about New York. Could you confirm if this is true? Is the is the pizza different because the water's different? Or the bagel's different because the water's different? Okay, it's, it's actually both. The answer is both. Oh, the water's I know different you're being both. stupid. I know you're being stupid, <laughs> but there actually is a reason. New York water isn't technically kosher because- oh, I thought oh. you were going to say isn't technically water. <laughs> <laughs> it's a composite put together by the administration. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's actually, its scientific name is flavor juice. <laughs> it does uh, have more in common with goat milk. <laughs> it's H3O. It's just oh, one more. Oh, better. boy. It's an H3H3 uh, H3 production. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sorry. because there's an Israeli woman just really close nearby, just like <laughs> in a clothing company. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's because it's not actually kosher because there are like microscopic shrimp in it. So it, the water is different. It, that's true. Because both pizza dough is about rising and bagels are about boiling them in various ways. It is because of the water. I know you were joking, but there is a reason why it is better. Yeah. No, I believe everything you said, except do have a clarifying question. Did you say there are microscopic shrimp in New York? Mm. 
water? And was yeah. why is your follow-up statement not, and so I'm moving somewhere else? <laughs> uh, because the water is infinitely better than what's on the West Coast. I don't care that they're <laughs> tiny skin scrimp. Yeah, apparently you get shrimp water. All we have is, like, fluoride. <laughs> yeah, delicious shrimp water. I want that. Yeah, well, we were able to kill all the shrimp pretty efficiently. Yeah, you just boil, like, a bunch of dinosaurs in there, and you get L.A. water. Uh, well, yes. No further, no further comments Let's there. talk about Gloucestershire water, a reference we all know. I mean... <laughs> Uh, the, the old the old Stroud tap. <laughs> That's where Jordan is located currently and uh, from birth also. <laughs> I'm located from birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm really happy to come on here. I uh, am so happy you're back. I remember meeting you guys when you were talking about Sad Boys at like PodCon 1. So yeah. like the fact that it's all the way come back around to the, you were just like, oh, we have this feelings podcast for dudes. And I'm like, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be on that. I feel like it's been so long. It's and true. now I'm on hey, we have the a show. podcast for men. It's about time. You said yeah. that, I believe. I, I was like, PodCon 1. I think maybe there's been, I don't know, 10 episodes of Sad Boys that came out between <laughs> PodCon 1 and now, which was uh, two years ago, because we had a long-ass hiatus. Seriously. But I'm so glad you're back, and I'm so glad that I'm here. Really? And uh, we're already talking about it, and we spent all this time talking before we were off mic, we like a bunch of fools. It's uh, like, it's a precast, you know. We like the we like to warm it up. You ever have a nice conversation with someone and realize you're not getting a penny of Audible sponsorship from it? <laughs> yeah, um, I have that problem. Which, all the time. which reminds me, uh, thanks for that segue, Jordan. Today's episode is sponsored by no one. That's right. Um, <laughs> Still the case. This, this still the case. If you want this space to be occupied by your sponsorship, God please, let it, let us know. We're not picky. Just kidding. We kind of are. Have we ever said yes to one? No. no. But are we picky? I mean, who's to say you won't be the one that we say yes to? <laughs> um, it's like we're being courted for marriage. I'm so glad we took a hard left into that bit <laughs> as we returned. What I was going to say is all we do is talk about our media stuff. And we were talking about like <laughs> podcasting and YouTube and stuff. So it is funny that I find myself gravitating towards conversations that are both about emotions and also about media because it's all I really want to talk about but I feel like it's such a specific audience of people yeah who I can have intelligent conversations about that instead of telling We are intelligent mind. yes it's like you. our vernacular right like it, it can be difficult to talk about something else because it's kind of the water cooler conversation you're, right, you're yeah. all around the water cooler and you're like what's the deal with content these days I mean you know what I mean like we don't have well you have basketball we I don't have sports <laughs> but I'd like right. to, or some other reference point that people can relate to. But like having that conversation in the community that we're in is always fresh because it's kind of hard to find, especially when it comes to production-y stuff. Yeah, and I go to therapy regularly, but... I can only really Wait a talk second. about the hold not up. to flex. Not to Wait, flex. hold up a second. <laughs> no big deal. Not I've yeah. got a lot of flex. stuff to work through. <laughs> yeah. I'm always working on me. But um I can't, you know, in a therapy session expect my therapist to have a lot of context on the world of media. So in many ways, the most earnest conversations that combine like my work and feelings are those that I have uh with the likes of my peers creatively yes. sure yes and i mean like don't get me wrong drew makes 
good stuff, but he's better as a therapist. Yeah, it's my my therapist YouTube channel is, you know, popping off and he's <laughs> a big hit with the algorithm, but he doesn't quite get my own personal struggle. <laughs> yeah, my therapist just like super loves Joe Rogan and I can't, I keep trying to explain to her just like there are other podcasts out there. There's not many, so I understand yeah. <laughs> if you get caught up. But are they very yeah. long and mostly not good? <laughs> to that point though, I think it's worth saying that like something that I f struggle with and let's talk about the larger identity thing and I feel to that Jewishness of myself as well, I feel myself having these conversations and being very, like, emotional and, like, loud-voiced about it. So I also mm. am gravitating towards places that allow me to be critical of things that we generally accept to be just the way it is. And I'm like, because we are all striving and hashtag grinding uh, independently... Like, yeah. it is worth saying, like, the way that the people who are very, very successful, they're not necessarily doing it the best, and it does also tamp down other people. For example, when shows, when podcasts sound bad, I'm like, man, I know how to do that. I can right. make it not sound bad, and I yeah, appreciate yeah. people that allow me to be critical of it instead of be like, hey, this is like a posi-only zone. Don't be negative. And it, Yeah, it can right. be difficult sometimes. It's kind of like gatekeeping in any community. It's kind of like how if somebody you know, like, gets into gaming... There's that tiny instinct that every single person on Reddit has where you go, oh, but it's you should it's mine and I worked so hard on it and this is the right way to like this thing. Yeah, it can well, sometimes be difficult to hear somebody say, no, I, I just don't prioritize that kind of thing with my audio. And it's not objectively wrong if it's yeah. working, but you develop a kind of pridefulness, especially if you hang your and then imagine me like putting my hands in the air like in an arch and a rainbow appearing identity <laughs> yeah i i mean that's definitely something that i have struggled with for a long time and i think trying to separate my identity as a person from my creative identity from the the way that i feel when i see others succeed in my field that i am inadvertently going to compare myself to so like yeah. when i was starting on youtube a big chip on my shoulder I had was like, I feel like my content holds a candle to the people who I see succeeding on this platform. Why am I not succeeding? And I think that one way to take that is like, you know, the system is working against me. Like these people suck or what, or whatever, and like looking for their faults, but also like recognizing that there's kind of a, a big soup of, of, factors that contribute to any anything's success and we don't live in a meritocracy and simply by being better that doesn't guarantee that i'll be successful and also like caring about perfection and making my craft better doesn't necessarily yeah. like like at a certain point that has to be for me because i know it's not a requirement to be good and to make the perfect like production that's not a requirement for success i if ever i find myself like obsessing over that because i want to identify as someone who makes good stuff i have to recognize that i'm doing it for me and not because i think it's a requirement to to get on and then you can review and say okay is this necessary or not and even if it isn't is it serving a part of me that i do want to kind of sate and it's okay to do that you just have to be healthy and acknowledge that you don't only do things that are completely essential eric can i throw to you my friend my son oh, oh sorry i don't want to reveal that in the show hi i'm your <laughs> oh, no. father happy father's day to me uh, <laughs> that's true i actually sorry i'm not your father i'm your zaddy Terrible. Uh, especially happy, happy Zother's Day. <laughs> happy uh, can, Zother's I, Day. can I just throw it to you? Like you mentioned that being 
Jewish and it sounds like also a creator and maybe just a New Yorkian in general is a go-to, hey, this is my identity and how I self-identify and probably what I want to share with people as soon as possible. How would you, you, you phrase that specifically? Almost like a job title. I am yeah. chief executive content Jewish man. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's the way that I would like to identify myself. I think it's the thing that I lead with. And I thought it was also nice because, again, I don't always get to, like, say that explicitly, although it definitely feels like the way that I look through the world. It is difficult, though, and I think that this applies to literally all three of us because Jarvis's career is YouTuber <laughs> and Jordan and my career <laughs> is is parts of podcast and media new and like small businesses yeah. is that like it is nice being able to say all the things to people who understand what you're saying because like i when i if i'm trying to explain this to other people about what i do it's like i'm the head of creative so it makes it sound pretty cool and big and but what does creative even mean and then also i want to talk about the shows that i'm doing to demonstrate that there is a tangible way to talk about that. And also, like, if you know what Dungeons & Dragons is, being a DM on a Dungeons & Dragons podcast is a difficult and a cool feat to have done. So that's yeah. how I lead in introducing it. And then with this new thing with Next Stop is that I'm very proud of the creation that we've done with this. So it's like I've also written a audio sitcom, which was a sitcom that was made explicitly for podcasting. So I'm very invested in my audio placement. And, like, I want my podcast community my podcast company to do well and I hope that it's growing so I would like to lead with all those things. I mean yeah. I definitely because I'm the creative person and head of creative in uh, Multitude like Amanda McLaughlin is our CEO so she has like business she's the business person and Brandon Grugel who is our head of production he's like I know how to make things sound good <laughs> in both production and post-production reasons so when I say creative that is so ephemeral so I feel like I need to stake my claim it's in the way that I like you know anyone if you go up to anybody they're like hey could you write a novel and they're like yeah I'll fucking write a novel I'll fucking, I've written before <laughs> It's like that. It's like, no, but like I spent a lot, so much time thinking about these creative things and I've done these creative things that I'm very proud of. So I really want to stake my claim in it. I guess I already feel defensive of it because getting right. to a place where I am now head of something when I was yeah. not head of something and I was kicked down for various reasons, I just like, I'm already defensive of it. So I want to show that I'm doing the right thing. Do you have thing. a portion of your personality or like, I don't like the term brand, but I'm using it just because it's like easily accessible. Personal self-identified brand or ego. And I mean ego in the, the purely scientific sense. Sure. That you you wouldn't tie directly to your work. And that's obviously might be very difficult to do. But independent of what you do or independent of the things you want to make or even being a creator, what are, and it doesn't have to be pieces you like, but hey, this is my identity. I identify as this type of human being yeah i think that they're all very much tied up in in the things i think that since i make a lot of things i feel very tied in with them because it also is very storytelling based all the things that i'm doing are rather storytelling based i do take pieces of myself and put it in there like the ways that i feel like i'm funny the ways that i relate to conflict the ways that i think i can amuse an audience is also how i socialize 
and who I'm like and how I'm in with other relationships that I have, both like my family, my friends romantically. So it's just hard. I feel like it's all very wrapped up in this, especially because I feel like I'm throwing so much of myself and multitude. I mean, yeah. Amanda and I live four blocks away from our studio, which is yeah. good. And and the fact that we I've been able to come to the studio during quarantine because it's part of our quarantine zone and we're like the only people who come in here. Like, yeah. I love that I have that workspace because me being stuck in an apartment would be terrible. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, I know I'm so wrapped up in my creativeness. But yeah. well, Jay, I know you, you're like the rest of us where you basically get like anxiety from not having published something as if that's almost like submitting a census, like putting out a new video is like, hey, I'm alive and I still exist and For matter. Sure. Yeah, Here's my expression yeah. of that. And if it's been, what, what was the longest stretch you've gone recently without putting something out? Oh, me? Oh Both my! You, uh... Like not uh, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Day and a half. Oh, man, I, I'll have to think about it. Pro- maybe like I'd say like c- conservatively less than two weeks. You know, uh, something I am thinking about with regard to identity is like there's a split between like the for me aspect of identity and the for them aspect of identity. So I think about like when I introduce myself at a party, I would say that like, and, and I, and I think of this because Eric, you were kind of like, you know, my job is as a YouTuber and that's, and that's true, but I don't personally identify as a YouTuber, you know, like, oh. like when I think oh, about I like myself, that. because, you know, when you meet someone, there's all of these like shortcuts that we take to like make inroads in a you know, human connection where it's like, what are you about? What do you do? And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to define myself by what I do for the sake of this conversation. But is it even healthy to define myself by what I do? Or is what I do and how I define myself in these situations a shortcut? You know, when I worked in, in engineering and when I worked in like the software industry, it was very convenient and easy in San Francisco to define myself as a software engineer because mm-hmm. I knew that there was enough shared understanding of what that meant for like a conversation to move forward. So it's like, yeah. I could just be like, hey, I'm a, uh, I'm a software engineer. Cool, moving on. Everybody's like, I, I know enough about that. I've got a you know good enough picture in my head. Let's let's go on to what uh, I can now accept you as a human, and yeah. we can continue like having this interaction. Let's move on to the critical details, or at least what we're here to do. Yeah, yeah. Or for whatever reason, it felt like a pre prerequisite to having a good time. <laughs> you know, it's like I want to see how we can connect and how we can identify with each other, such that this connection is built, and then we can like yeah, move on. But one large struggle that I had in you know moving to LA and leaving Patreon and starting to do YouTube full time is that that question became much harder for me to answer. Mm. I eventually settled on like, oh yeah, I make videos on the internet or I make videos on YouTube or whatever, but that doesn't actually satisfy me personally in my head because I think about all, like at the same time, I think about all the other things I want to be doing. And I also think of myself as being in this state of searching for my own identity and, and like an identity that's like very personal to me, which I don't think I have an answer to. Sure. Like, I don't know what I am because I don't think that what I make is a is a perfect replacement for like what I am, obviously. Right. But do you feel like that was that became even more of a challenge post move to L.A. or is it all sort of the same sweep? What I think is that 
it used to be a conundrum or a open question that I never had to grapple with. I, I think that like working in like a nine to five situation, working in a environment where there were enough people who shared my job that I never had to really answer the question of like how I identify because I kind of fit neatly into an existing social structure that didn't ask very much of me. Whereas now it's not so much that there's more being asked of me, but in the absence of a social structure to fit into, because I, I think that like there's a lot of like hand wavy, like amorphous aspects of how I live my life now. It's bringing that question more to the fore. And I'm having to say like, who am I? How do I identify as myself? And like, what do I want to make? What do I want to be known for? How do the things that I do contribute to my identity? Like, these are all like very arresting questions for me and weigh me down sometimes more than when I could just say like, ah, I just, I, I'm a software engineer. Let's move on. Now I don't even have to like think about these questions. That's, that's, that's one thing that's been on my mind lately with regard to with regard to identity, because I feel like I'm very much searching for like how I identify right now in my life. I would say that the only reason why I said YouTuber is also for when in that point is like, do we want to have this conversation with others explaining what our jobs are? And like the mm-hmm. only time that I want to is when I'm like, oh, no, I'm good at my job. And I would right. like you to hear about it. Like, Jordan, I don't even know what you say your job is. Because yeah. um, you're, I it must be... the conversation sincerely. Yeah. For me, the shorthand is more often than not creator in some spaces, especially coming from the Patreon environment where pretty much everybody we know through that uses that as a shorthand for 90% of things you would do, even related to YouTube or podcasting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Creator is like a nice shorthand. It's certainly sure. <laughs> preferable to content creator, uh, which yeah. can Oof. just can just go straight into a grave. I hate that everything about the turn is so unfun. <laughs> though, though, so though, outside, though outside of the context of Patreon, creator does feel a little like holy or holy, <laughs> like where it's like, I am the creator. Yes. I bring I bring to life things that previously did not exist. I, I Yeah, I couldn't get Alfred Omega to catch on, so I go with <laughs> It's like bards in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, no, I'm the bard. I My music and art... <laughs> is magic and it does things <laughs> i it's funny you mention arcs actually because i have sort of had this forced ego death over the last five months oh that's the name of my garage metal band <laughs> yeah for, forced <laughs> ego death yeah, I was, yeah well i was forced to listen to that ep and it, it slaps my man my, it's funny because my uh my band's name is elective ego death <laughs> nice <laughs> Mine is we Alfred both Omega. play we both play eight stringed bass in our, in our <laughs> only, only. Yeah. No amp. No no amp. It's just yeah. <laughs> Unamplified bass. <laughs> Recorded Yo, it's that on seventh... a blue yeti from fifteen feet away. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, that eighth string, that's where the creation happens. That's that's where it because you know anybody can play a seven string bass or even yeah. God forbid a six string. That's where the secret but... H note is, right? H. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Scales were never the same. <laughs> but like sincerely, I I also used to use the reference point of oh well I make this show or I work in this space or I put most of my time in this area or I help start this business or I'm even just oh God knows, but I'm trying my best and here's the thing that I'm doing. Now I truly, truly over the last few weeks especially as the vagueness of when I'm gonna be able to get an embassy appointment and 
I could be getting back to the US in 2021. I could be getting back on Thursday, right? It's just like so vague. And I haven't published anything, as cynical as that sounds. I haven't put out Tent in the best part of, I don't know, like outside of Sad Boys. In fact, Sad Boys was the first thing in really like this year because time was eaten up with work stuff. But now that I've come back to the UK, the time zone means that I can't do my job, atypical work. The kind of overwhelming depression that I had for the first four months meant that I couldn't do really anything else. I was making music because that was easy to do when I was crying. But then the doing arcs, especially where it's hours and hours of listening to the friends I can't see, was Mm, just impossible. And now I find I've been able to kind of break the seal on it again because it's an optimistic feeling now. I'm excited to do it again and we might be might try recording remotely. So at least there's something to aspire to. But even doing that and having not put it out, I can't remember the Jordan I was six months prior. Genuinely, I'm not being like overly dramatic or anything in that range. I've burned through most, in fact, I finished it a few hours ago, The Last of Us 2, and I genuinely cried. Big, big mood, big experience. And that was the first time in a really long time where I've absorbed a piece of media that I cared about. Like a a piece of work that I was excited to listen to and that resonated with me on some level more important than, hey, distract me from my general malaise. And like the once I'd finished it, I was suddenly motivated to try and do something. I like opened up the ARCS file and I opened up my visa paperwork. And I think the reason was I was reminded of what it feels like to connect with something. And I think more often than not, if you're identifying, be it through your career, creativity, or something else, like if you're identifying through your athleticism or you're identifying through what you wear, the comforting thing is having like some third party thing tell you who you are in a yeah. good way. Like if I would have re-listened to an old episode of Arcs, which I can't do because I just I listen to the mixing issues, I would, would get a little boost. I listen to the, the track sometimes, I listen to the songs. It gives me a, oh yeah, wait, no, Jordan, who is 6'2 brown British and sounds like me, did make that. So yeah. I have to assume that I, Jordan, now five nine. I don't know what happened. Brown British. Well, it's because you took off your you took off the platforms you were yeah. wearing while you were well, I was standing works. on my wallet, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's empty, but it's very big. <laughs> I had lots of coins in there. Yeah, I got a couple dimes, if you know what I'm saying. A few hundred dimes. Nine and a half. <laughs> but I, I, as a result, I'm now. I don't know, man. I, to be completely honest with you, maybe I'm overhyping how much I've healed. There's still a big part of me that doesn't have any idea who I am. Because as much as I maybe wouldn't like to be this way, I justified myself through my work for a few years. And then I justified myself through my output for another two years. And frankly, even before that, I justified or like, I don't know, validated myself through the idea that I got to move to America. Like, (laughs) albeit maybe not the most enviable thing right now. There was a point in my life where it was like, yeah. Fuck you, kid. They just kept calling me the N-word. Look what I did. And look where you are. I don't actually know, but I assume it's not here. And I, yeah. that was something. And for the last, what, five months-ish? Yeah. I've just had no reference point. I've had like yeah. no... All I have is anecdotes about a guy called Jordan that I used to like, as opposed yeah. to... Dude, I've tried sitting down and doing something so many times recently. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that? Sitting down with an intent? Sitting down and doing stuff? I don't yeah. know, man. And it working, well, it's, kind it's, of? It's scary to, and I and I think not always the best um, hot take to define yourself by what your output is, even though it can feel oh, like the easiest thing or like the closest thing to you to identify with. I mean, easy is the operative word. It's right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and because in absence of creating things, it 
sort of triggers this stranger in a strange land, like searching for meaningness because it's like, well, I, I don't make anything. So do I even exist? Right. Like, and I've definitely felt like that whenever I'm, you know, between projects and like not feeling inspired. It's like, I feel almost invisible sometimes or like absent in identity to speak of. And then I'll get like a nice message or something from someone on the internet who's like, I've consumed the hours of content that you have made on the video sharing website, YouTube, and I connect with it and you make me feel good. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, who are you talking about? What, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? This guy and sounds then, great. I know. And then I'll like go to my, you know, YouTube watch page and I'll be like, I've made almost a hundred 20 minute videos, <laughs> you know? And that's insane to me. With like uh, an okay hit rate. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I would say, honestly, man. And I mean, there's some of them are like pretty good. Thank you. I depreciate that. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, if I could just weigh in here for a second, uh, some of them, good, good shit. Good so, yeah, some of them are videos. Which yeah, is I've heard nice, that. Yeah, nice other people. They do legally, the Supreme Court recently ruled that some of my YouTube videos are, in fact, videos. Yeah. It's true. It was really tough when Ruth Bader Ginsburg gave that scathing, just scathing rebuttal. I, I know. But if you read the majority opinion by John Roberts, he did side with the, the legal definition of videos, which my self-described videos do fall within, which yeah. is nice. Pretty spicy, though, when RBG hit you with, ugh, another life hack video. I know. I know that was tough. It was really tough that Pornhub levied this against you. I, Pornhub v. Jarvis. You never would have expected it. You know, I, I don't like the guy, but Brett Kavanaugh really did come to my defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Well, you're see. a guy who likes to drink beer, right? Um, and apparently watch a, watch a life hack video. So he's a simple man. I know we touched on it very briefly about the gatekeeping stuff, but I guess like a, a part of gatekeeping is kind of valid when it's your work and somebody's trying to go through the door and tell you how to do it or make a statement as to the quality of it. We, oh, Jarvis, yeah. you touched on like right before we were talking about like if you get a comment saying... There's the like, yeah. hey, you're milking this thing, but then there's also a framed almost like it's constructive criticism from a veteran of the industry. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's uh, the comments that are often left by Justice Neil Gorsuch on my videos uh, <laughs> where, yeah, he, he's just always like, hey, man, uh, I know you probably haven't thought about this, but did you know that you could make a pun in your video title? <laughs> and most of the time I've thought about it before and I'm like, you know, your honor, I... I've decided to go a different direction. Um, <laughs> my leash. My leash. Eric, do you have like a forum for that kind of, like, uh, I, I guess it's just like, I don't spend a lot of time, or at least like I haven't opened as many venues for conversations about art stuff. You, you all are like a lot better about engaging with doing the party stuff than me. Do you get a lot of, hey, here's how you can do better. And I know what I'm talking about because I did listen to the show. That's an interesting question. First of all, I really wanted to make a joke about Sonia Sotomayor. I know, I'm, I'm a... holding in the Sotomayor reference. In my, every night. Yeah, but it was really great that she put Jarvis on the YouTubers <laughs> reacting to YouTubers video she was putting together. That, that Sorry, was, I'm, was, I'm just imagining really nice. our demographic, which is <laughs> a, a, a person who just is about to finish high school wearing a Rick and Morty t-shirt, staring yeah. at their phone right now. Like, what the, what is this? But this is why I'm in favor this of- boomer shit? This is why I'm in favor of expanding the Supreme Court because I just need more opinions <laughs> on my content. I need more Zoomers to get into the, yeah, the Supreme yeah, yeah. Court. Um, it's interesting that you say that. I think that sometimes I get that, but I think that with podcasting, there is no comment section. 
So inherently, Jarvis, I know that you get it a lot more. Um, In Twitter, sometimes people snipe at you on Twitter and people love podcasters of subtweeting each other about it. So we do get it. I think in the encompassing the, the incredibly large conversation that we had here, it took a really long time for me to carve out my place that I was good at creative things. Mm-hmm. I should be put in charge of them, and I should be trusted that I'm going to do the best out yeah. of everybody. Because yeah. I had j- other jobs that were really tough that I was working at a media company, and it's just like trying to prove to someone that I knew how to write better than other people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I can write this mar- – like, I, I, hey, I should be writing this marketing email, or yeah. I should be writing this this script. And be like, no, I'm going to give it to this person for another reason. Especially if you like, don't have Ugh. like the – arbitrary credentials that everything else has been operating on like yeah. right yeah exactly. but you need the 11 years of having pretty much no impact and then we'll listen to you right or even just like for bullshit reasons because i think that this is tied to me being someone that is openly critical and wants to change things yeah. <laughs> and saying it loudly yeah right and that is like it, I, I do feel like because i led with this i do feel like that's a part of my identity and also my do it my jewishness in some way uh being a loud person who's critical in a in hopefully a positive <laughs> way uh what is this you're gonna send it i'm gonna send it back yeah, there we go yeah. that was my requisite Thing good, I did it. Me and Jarvis Thanks. just sitting with our hands on our laps, like saying, "Yes, this is," and I, this is a reference that I'm just not going to get involved with. But why? <laughs> with a, the pieces that are okay to say. That's okay. When you guys did said the stuff about you being like the ha- your combined half white person and half black person, yeah, I was yeah. like, "This is funny," and I'm going to tell him it's funny, but I'm not going to add anything to it. <laughs> I mean, I, have I some will stuff. say, it. I'll say it off mic. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon um, only. Yeah, <laughs> where Eric just goes off <laughs> when, about race when, relations. When Jordan and I do the fusion dance, we spawn a KKK member and a member <laughs> of the Black Panther Party. <laughs> um, what so- party of the movie? Sorry, we should say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the thing i just i felt like i was really put into a box and felt like oh this is the rabble rouser this is like a malcontent and like fuck what he has to say and you're gonna give it to somebody else and i feel like i spent a lot of time and now in multitude as head of creative i'm like i promise i will use my abilities to make your show better like i'm not don't even put my name on it i'm just going to like give you some secret edits and then like hope like change this change this structure like do a new segment just do that and hopefully i can make it better and maybe i'll like come up with some episode stuff for you because like i see myself as this creative person and it's taken me a really long time to stake this claim mm-hmm. so i just i feel very wrapped up in it because I feel like one is storytelling is a part of me, but two, I have invested so much time into getting to it, this to a place where I feel like I can be who I want to be. And I'm finally doing the thing I'm good at and people are recognizing me for it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like I, I Jordan uh, and both of you, Jarvis, you saying the thing about creating and how it's not always for other people and you can't just tie yourself to creation, I 100% hear you. But I feel like the good thing that I'm good at is yeah, creating yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that I'm now being recognized for it and I yeah, feel very yeah. proud and of that. Yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with like external validation and that's what it is like your work is effectively and the reception of that work is basically just a person coming up to you and saying hey buddy you did it here's yeah i like you i exist you put me out and i got lots of praise or even just a, a crisp handshake but yeah. as i think i'm exemplifying at the moment if you don't have that or you don't have the output that's keeping you stable or i would yeah. put work in the same place frankly like if you're if you like what you do and you're proud of what you do it fills a lot of the same void not having those at the moment i 
genuinely, it's like I don't have a friend who's telling me that I'm good. It's yeah. the strangest thing. And it's like a very specific type of friend. It's almost like a spouse telling me I'm good. Well, I've experienced this very strange phenomenon where I've become like very numb to external validation where yeah, like real. I am reaching the point in my creative career where there are lots of like cool, neat things happening where it's like I, I'm nominated for awards or like people want to talk to me about stuff. And it's strangely difficult to take it in. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't and, stick. And actually like acknowledge it in a way that like gives it the gravity that like it deserves in a way that like if I were looking outside, if I were an outsider looking at myself or a friend or a fan, I wouldn't. I would see it as just purely a good thing, but for whatever reason, maybe it's just like where I'm at and maybe it's like this, I like need to be more comfortable with internally validating myself. There's something about it that just doesn't connect. Like, like a couple I things think it's, come to it, mind. It has a shelf life. It's as if it's almost like a drug where you'll build yeah. up tolerance over a certain amount of time and then mm -hmm. you either become dependent on it and it <laughs> destroys your life or you have to build up uh, an immunity to it and then try something else. And, you know, sometimes on those lower days, man, and the Vicodin isn't working, it's like, what the hell do I do? Well, yeah. I, like, a few things come to mind for me, like, a couple of experiences where, like, one, I got nominated for, like, YouTuber of the Year or something at the Shorty Awards. You're welcome. And, and I... <laughs> Wait, Jordan, did you say you're welcome? <laughs> Jordan did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. <laughs> and, and it was something that, like, I saw and almost, like took for granted because i was like you know this isn't that big of a deal i'm definitely not gonna win blah blah blah. i'm not even gonna try to like campaign for it because it was one of those type of situations sure. and my girlfriend was like what are you talking about like this is a great thing and i'm just like like there's something about this that like just doesn't connect with me and i think it's because where i'm at now i'm seeking validation from like very Either if I'm seeking validation externally, it's from very specific sources. Like I want it from my friends and I want it from peers who I respect in the industry. But if I just get it from like a random person on the street, it doesn't affect me or even like an institution that I just like am not sure, you know, I don't, I don't have a background with. Like getting invited to be a feature creator at VidCon was like a big deal for me because I like had a lot of personal stake in like VidCon as a, as an entity and like had a personal like relationship with it. And it was also like the catalyst for me starting my YouTube channel. And so like there's a, per there's personal meaning there, but kind of feels the same as when I would get praise at, at work, like at Patreon, I, you know, we have, um, what are they called? Peer reviews or whatever, where like peers say stuff. And I never got a negative peer review. I like always had like really, really positive like reviews and it never felt like anything. It never felt that good. It just felt like a relief. It was like, oh, well, of course I'm like, you know, a great person to work with, like mo moving on, you know what I mean? And I, mm. and I could never sort of take that in and actually like appreciate it. Yeah, which, it's, which like is a, weird. it's like a blood test. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> Something isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I'm like preparing for the bad and it's almost like I expect the most from myself. And so anything short of perfection is a failure. And so even though there are like things that are 
really, really good. If I can find a fault in anything, it almost allows me to sort of take away the power that any like praise has, which sucks. Like I want to be able to like relish the the moments and all the nice things, but it's so easy for me to disqualify them. And that's interesting. That's interesting for me. So it, it, it kind of makes all of the like personal identity questions and stuff more urgent for me or more pressing to find the answers to, or at the very least be appreciative of the journey that I'm on because I don't know that I'll get the answers in short order. So it's like a matter of like recognizing that I'm on this like journey of self-discovery and also appreciate the journey itself. Um, rather than like the the destination because you know according to the hedonic treadmill none of these like destinations will actually like grant me any any of the reward that that i'm seeking eric do you get like the same like catharsis and support from the more businessy occupational part of your work as you do from the creative side i don't know specifically what you do but i mean on occasion working super super hard on a spreadsheet actually can feel kind of validating no for sure i think what's interesting about what you're saying jarvis and what i am looking for in that way is that it's not just numbers because if you were just like oh yeah views don't do it for me anymore i'd be like yeah yeah "Yeah, i totally agree with that because i especially in podcasting in my head like youtube views are like substantial is like there there are grains of sand at least coming into an hourglass and then they pile up right but like in podcasting it just downloads me nothing because no one like has any sort of idea of what data is and what it's supposed to mean so like getting to that to a place where we get to do more things or make more money or have larger exposure to do cooler shit like that's the stuff that i'm reaching for and there is no ladder it's all just like eventually you it's like imagine you're just like flailing your arms you're flailing your arms in a lake and then when you finally figure out the combination of movements your body needs to do then you start to swim but no one can tell you what swimming looks like or supposed to do just like touching on that is there a show that feels independent of listenership obviously i don't know what listenership is in general but like is there a show that you tie your ego most directly to or gives you the most external support is it jtp yeah, I think for external support, definitely. Um, I would like to be recognized as someone who runs an incredible Dungeons & Dragons podcast and are given opportunities that are related to that as the uh, Dungeons & Dragons media has grown. I mean, you know, like, there are some very high-profile D&D shows that have turned into so much. I mean, yeah. we saw what happens with The Adventure Zone, with Critical Role, and now with mm-hmm. Not Another D&D Podcast. Yeah. And, like, there's so much to... And uh, Dimension 20. There's, like, so much to strive for and I want to be I want that recognition but also I would like it turn into like the numbers turning into things that are actually things that could change my life Mm -hmm. those are the things that I am now striving for like I have now rationalized this into my head that life would be very much easier if like join the party was bigger by a factor of two yeah because then ads would sell for more money then my personal and the shows and multitudes profile would all be bigger and that would be better for in various ways like from a money perspective and also opportunities and building on all that stuff right so it's just hard it's like i also know that it's the truth but like i have no idea how to get there other than like 
luck. It, it truly is so lucky the way that so many, especially in podcasting, and yeah. I, I don't mean to compare YouTubing and podcasting, but they're so yeah. similar but so different in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Like one's, podcast- one's much harder and more impressive. <laughs> not going to tell you which one. Uh, I but think we both in agreement. <laughs> podcast discovery is shit. Yeah. So it's like there's no way for someone to find your show other than very serendipitous ways or a continuous word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, discovery is like flailing your arms in the lake and you like go up. It's like yeah, and then you you're just like, go oh, out of the water and float up. And like, wait, what? That doesn't correlate to what I was doing at all. It's like, how did you figure out how to swim? How are you on the on the shore? Like, what did you do? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know, man. I flailed my arms. It's like I'm flailing my arms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely. There's a lot of parallels with YouTube to that to that feeling. And I'm not saying that like you have gamed the. I do not want to say that oh, you no, have gamed sure. the algorithm. Well, that's and, that's like another thing that. too. Well, like you you're not saying that, but there is like a lot of, you know, it's like I have like spoken at like VidCon with YouTube like about analytics and like the YouTube algorithm and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you've like hacked the system, and it's like, what's the secret? And it's like, well, to be honest, the secret is that people click on my videos and watch them for a really long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, that's the, that's the secret. Uh, the-, the same kind of toxic idea that art can't touch commerce or tactics yeah. without being compromised. It's, Hey, you sold out because you made a business decision that didn't yeah. <laughs> influence the thing that you made, but because they touched each other, you're less of an artist and I respect your thing less somehow. My yeah, favorite that. critique yeah. that I get is that I sold out by making the videos I make now and not the tech videos because the tech videos were where I was really, really trying. <laughs> it's like, bro, I made tech videos because Mayuko's first video got a million views. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, oh, I would like views, please. I guess I'll do what Mayuko's doing. But now you're enough of a coward to make the thing you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how dare I? But, you know, Eric was talking about, like, receiving validation for within your industry being recognized like for what you do specifically in the world of like D and D pods and stuff. And I definitely relate to that a lot. Like, and, and it sucks because it does feel completely out of my control. Like the numbers feel like they might lead to something, but yeah. more than anything, I just want to feel like more of a member of the community of like commentary YouTube. And I just want to be like friends and feel like respected by people who, whom I respect on the platform. And mm-hmm. that's, that's tough because I'm completely out of control of it. Like it's totally, you know, it's totally exponential and, or excuse me, external, not exponential. Um, (laughs) And the most insidious part of that is that I will create narratives in my head about, you know, what other, you know, peers in, in my like space on YouTube think of me and stuff. And then I'll think that like, they don't think I, am you know as good or as as worthy as them or what have you yeah go and, and poet spit tell and it, tell and it'll also and it'll all be about like whether or not they're interacting with my like tweets and shit like that and it's all this like complete narrative building and then i'll get like a like on a tweet from somebody who I didn't know was like reading my tweets or like Adam Savage from Mythbusters will follow me on Twitter. And nice. I'm like, I didn't know these people were like paying attention to me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't actually know that I was making a difference, you know, yeah. well, Adam Savage uh, is doing an episode about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does Jarvis yeah. exist? Is his girlfriend real? Yeah. Let's, let's bust. We're going to, 
Busted. We're going to shoot Jarvis out of a cannon from 100 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> Tested. Um, yeah. Are YouTubers also, denser than other real humans? Yeah, or like iDubs will follow me on Twitter and I'll be like, what? You're like yeah. aware that I'm a person? Um, yeah. Do you remember but, the party we went to where iDubs was there? And yeah, I just like yeah. turned to you and I was like, are we like supposed to be here (laughs) (laughs) what's funny too is that like idubs is like currently being canceled by his like toxic male fan base for saying like sex work is work and like having a girlfriend (laughs) supporting a significant other (laughs) having a girlfriend with an OnlyFans. it's the most weird ass shit like i i I just cannot youtube is so fucking strange but anyway wait can i jar i don't i don't mean to cut you off but i feel like i have a question that maybe might orient this Yeah, yeah yeah do you guys ever go to your the people who you consider to be trusted people you'd be like hey can you just say like a few nice things about me to validate these things <laughs> oh that's a great idea one time like uh i didn't think that like uh like i idolized like hank and john green as a child as a young one and have like watched For their sure. videos since i was like 13 years old and i i had like had a number of conversations with john so i was confident he knew who i was but mm-hmm. at, at the end of last vidcon like hank came over to me and was like hey jarvis and gave me a hug and i was like hold the phone <laughs> why do you know who i am and also why haven't you followed me on twitter you've had so many opportunities i know <laughs> and I'm you've sh- run out of them i know i'm showing up in your feed all the time so many members of your company follow me and they're liking my stuff why haven't you given me this validation that i have created that i need in my brain you're whispering this in in his ears he hugged you yeah i feel that way about brennan lee mulligan who runs dimension oh 20 Lord, yeah and like he's just so talented and we had him on join the party because i'm like i would love to interview him about this most recent game and we talked and we like we pretty much vibed and knowing that someone who's amazing at dming also respected that of me but it's just like this one moment that is like recorded and everything yeah and i was losing my mind and i'm like i have i have no idea how to continue this and even though he said really nice things about me when we were talking it was definitely like an, an enclosed interview media moment yeah and i'm like i'm not gonna be able to turn him into a friend like i like i don't even know how i would even i would like to because i think he's a great guy in so many ways but like i emailed him i wrote up this guide to turning dungeons and dragons into a superhero type game which is what i'm doing for this season of join the party and i came up with a bunch of stuff and it's all about like the philosophy of D and removing the genre from the game mechanics and i came up with all these subclasses and is this a uh, public yet we're selling it tuesday so it will be by tomorrow Great. so i'm really proud of it and he had said how much he was really stoked about the campaign because it's set in like upstate new york and he's from upstate new york and right. he was totally vibing on it so i emailed him and i'm like hey if you want to take a look at this it's, it's fine and he didn't email me back which like i understand stand because like he's dealing with a lot of stuff and like i don't expect him to email me back but it's like i don't even know how to how to turn what something that i saw as validation into like an actual relationship yeah and like i don't trust brennan to like buoy my thoughts and feelings yeah so i feel like i rely on the people who i trust which is like Amanda and I forced Brandon to say it to me sometimes is like can you just like say some nice things yeah. about the things that I make like could you just do that that would be so nice yeah I'll be honest Eric when I did your Pokemon podcast what's your favorite Pokemon and then I say something nice about you is that the exact name that is that's the title hell yeah <laughs> and it's the best episode of that you'll you'll be able to tell <laughs> there's yeah where we just talked about Super Smash Brothers and not Pokemon yeah wait are a Pokemon in something else mm, I no. think maybe oh, Digimon that no that's not right no, that's yeah. no. Uh, Digimon, no. They're just Jigglypuff monsters. Jiggly, Jigglypuff is Smash. the champion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only Digimon. 
I, you said something really nice about me near the end, and it was so beautiful and lovely, sincere. And I also was not expecting it at all. I, I actually, I don't know if you didn't mention it or if I just forgotten that was a component of the show. So I was overwhelmed with love and fulfillment for the first and last time in my life. <laughs> and when you said that, I was at, I, I don't know, I was like maybe a week out from the worst depression I've had in like five years. Like, mm. the, certainly the worst depression I've had since I started medication. It was like some next level shit. And then I'd had a conversation with my psych, ultimate medication. It was helping. But this was, I don't know, maybe like eight weeks after the move. And this was long before I got my visa confirmed. So this was like a straight up, I don't think I am going anywhere. I am quarantined and sharing a room with my cousin right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I have a place I could go stay, but I literally can't go there. It was just like a complete nightmare scenario. And you said that, and that genuinely, I know it by no means you were trying to have this amount of weight on my life, but that was like a snowballing cascade of like, oh yeah, now I can be loved mm -hmm. Good. sometimes I'm glad. for certain reasons. No, I think that what the, related to what Jarvis said before, and I feel the same way, sometimes things don't stick. Yeah. Things that should be positive don't stick on me. No. So sometimes yeah. I need to either you either need to be validated by someone very, very big or yeah. someone who means a ton to you or someone who you trust that isn't bullshitting. Yeah. But of course, and I'm so glad that you felt that this was genuine, but it's like if I go to that Amanda well too much, I worry myself yeah, that yeah. like I have asked her too many times to say sure. nice things about me. No, but people so, too, external validation specifically from people you love, yeah. asking unconditionally, not trying to fish for it just straight up saying hey can you please give this to me can you please provide this wonderful service yeah i and think that's the that's the drug you never become inoculated to i think that always has value again the thing that you don't want to do is ask for someone because then it feels like petty yeah but i'm sure that it must have been great because you forgot that i was going to say something nice to you yeah. at the end of this thing yeah and like that I, th I thought i'd also... be the one episode you didn't uh <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it reminds so. me jordan of uh like basically any time we are having a heart to heart and like we're exchanging nice things about one another, it's like always unexpected and always like hits me in a very genuine way that I'm like feel seen in a, in a way that like I forgot that I could be, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, I am contributing. It's like, People tell me that I'm contributing positively to their lives, but I don't know them or I take it for granted or something. And there's something about like not expecting it from someone that you, you know, genuinely care about where it's just like, whoa, like come, you come down to earth for a second and go, maybe, yeah. maybe I do hold value. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. I don't have any siblings, but I, you know this, I continue to be like a brother partially because the love is at this point pretty much unconditional. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to say nice things about you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't get, there's no like merit or benefit I get from being arbitrarily nice or supporting you anytime yeah, yeah. you need. There's just like, and I think that's maybe why it doesn't happen as much as, as it would otherwise, because right. we go like, oh, sorry, yeah, me saying something nice to you would mean a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. Because even at our lowest points, we would even forget that the other person thought that we absolutely slapped. I had a um, experience where... I just Hold on, I just want to say, as the person who just saw this from the outside, that was really sweet, guys. Oh, <laughs> that now, that's what this podcast is about. Uh, I feel you're like an I emotional just, pervert. Like, <laughs> I, just, like, wor I just wormed my way into this hug. You yeah, know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're an emotional voyeur. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm saying emotional shit. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> love each other unconditionally. <laughs> I, yeah, that's me love. and what I want people to take away from this episode. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, externally, like, seems like they have it all together. But, like, you know, I have my own insecurities and problems and things. And, like, one of the problems with externally coming off as composed or whatever is that, you know, people just assume you're fine all the time. And I have a hard time like saying that I'm not. And I think that like, I had this, you know, moment where I was expressing to a friend that like, I, you know, they assume I'm always fine. And I'm like, you know, well, I'm not. And then they like said really nice things about me. And I like broke down in tears because I was just like, I didn't know that's how you felt about me. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know that that's what you thought. And even though I would have every reason to believe you did think that way, I didn't assume it because of like the way my brain works <laughs> and hearing it explicitly had like such a, a powerful impact on me. So you never know, like say nice things to your friends. <laughs> you yeah, never know how do it's going to like affect them. I don't know if there are names people want to shout out, but I, I, I think it'd be kind of nice if we each do that for like a person that's outside of the three of us, like somebody that said something like that to them recently. Mm. Cause I want to give a shout out to Nora. Oh. Uh, this was actually like a while back. I unfortunately haven't seen Nora for a while. She now lives in Scotland. Oh, so I suppose I could, could see her, but I haven't. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, when I lived in San Francisco, we used to hang out as a group pretty consistently. And I don't remember when this was, but it was at a point in my life where I felt a little overly reliant on exactly what you're describing, Jarvis. Like, yeah. hey, I can, I, I can feel safe and fulfilled as long as I always come off that way. <laughs> yeah. Just entirely isn't the case because you're basically just burying it and then yeah. using the fact that people around you aren't observing you that way. To say, <laughs> I'll well, fake it until I, I, I I'll fake it until I make it. And by make it, I mean until I have an emotional break. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember there was this one time where we were just all, we'd all popped out for drinks after work and I was totally burned out. And all I wanted to do was go home and have a quick rest and then maybe meet them afterwards. But I didn't feel like that fit with my external brand. Like, I play extrovert, but absolutely am not. So I... Oh, yeah. You know, I tried to condition myself to be like, oh, you know, do I have something else going on? Am I busy? And I was like running it through my brain. And Nora, this I mean, this is like 2017. This is how long this stuck with me. She just said something in the realm of like... She just came up to me while everybody else was chatting and walking down the street. And she was like, do you want to like head home soon? I know you need that sort of time between stuff like this um, and i was totally floored by Nora. it because i i had not put that out at yeah, all yeah quite like unfortunately kind of the opposite yeah. but i didn't like telegraph that or say it in like a moment of weakness and stuck with her it was just like a really really elegant read yeah and i that and like a few other instances in that particular year stick with me as like break glass for emergency support yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, memories yeah, yeah. You guys have anything like that? Well, I would say like the thing that I just described, but then I would also want to give a shout out to my friend Mayuko, who's always been like a super duper supportive uh, friend and always there for me. And even though like she just moved to San Diego, actually, but since I moved to L.A., we haven't kept us in close contact, but it's been so nice to sort of have that support. And I would also say uh, of my friend Alexis, um, who's always just been very unconditionally supportive of me and it's just, it goes a long way. I'll give actually also a shout out to both of them, but especially to Alexis, because Alexis, we worked on the exact same team at Patreon. I think she joined about a year before I I left. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's obviously why I had to get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the, no, she was, there were specifically portions before I left, unrelated to Patreon where I was just having 
some really really difficult mental spaces and i remember multiple occasions where i would have like a meeting with alexis or even just like a brief conversation and it like bolstered me through it and i don't think she knew she was doing that at all but Mm -hmm. uh we also went to the good mythical morning or mythical entertainment christmas party and uh we went together and we made each other feel less awkward oh nice alexis is the best man alexis is incredibly good and she's popping off and she's yeah she should be those videos are, are amazing. I actually did just get, uh, I did just hang out with her in San Francisco because Jealous. I was there to get off my teeth chains. And <laughs> <laughs> you unlocked your teeth. <laughs> I, what Sadie said to me when I got my braces off was, you have teeth. And I was, and I was like, <laughs> did that, did I seem toothless prior to this moment? If so. Was she excited about that or has that become a complication? No, it, 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 it seemed like she's genuinely excited. I just can't believe she dated me for six months as a toothless man. It wasn't more of <laughs> a, oh, he's got teeth. Yeah. Oh, well. Hmm, that's fine. That's, I mean, I guess that's okay. I guess I can deal. <laughs> I guess it's too fucking late. It's kind of a red flag that he has teeth. I know. <laughs> I told myself that I would marry a toothless man. I know. I it's like, you know, the, false, the way that the world works. Yeah. False promise. The, the witch in the woods told me it must be done. Eric, since, <laughs> since we're giving uh, emotional shout outs, uh, do you want to do you want to shout anyone out? Uh, Yeah, I do have a problem where I feel like because you're talking about this like unprompted thing. Which you know, I don't. It's hard to rely on someone to just tell you the thing that you want to hear. I would say also like open it up to prompted because in a couple of the instances I mentioned, there's also been very like I'm at a low point and I don't know what I need to hear, or uh, or I'm asking specifically to hear something, and it's always so. I think it's still even if I'm telling someone what I need from them, it's still surprising that someone believes what they're saying. You know what I mean? It's it's also like as we said. It's not good that we don't ask enough. <laughs> like, no, it's true. Getting, getting I, it prompted is actually the cooler thing to do. I feel like I ask a lot, but then I get in my head. I'm like, oh, I asked them. Is this like hollow? Is this true? Dude, I'm um, serious. Will you text me next time? I've got so many nice things to say about you. Oh, you know? uh, I want those. I want nice things. Oh, also, uh, also shout out uh, to my friend Anastasia, who I work with now. Um, great friend. And also, oh, Anastasia's wanted, great. Uh, and she wanted me to say hi to you, Eric. Uh, as well yeah Anastasia's great Anastasia's uh, but it wasn't I that kind like of friendly that. hello that was like a patronizing peer rival kind of thing <laughs> hello Eric it was a well, I feel- it was a scowl from across the room a, a yes. leer well, a leer of sorts for Anastasia though just the way that it happened was every time that horse has gone on Dunktown yeah I have not been there <laughs> Ah, just the way that it yeah. happened, I, when Mike was recording, it was I couldn't do it. And then in L.A., I did not have a free night. Mm, <laughs> and Mike yeah, was like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go record Dunktown. And I'm like, I just can't. I can't yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say, so, every time Horse has gone on Dunktown, it sounds like Laura Mipsum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, like, makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick shout out to Dunktown, um, Anastasia and Agata's wonderful podcast about basketball. Amazing. And, and Horse as well. Yeah, good, very good basketball podcast all around. Uh, so I think it's funny that you said that because I'm just like, I don't know if we, I don't know if she believes I'm real. Like I appreciate that she sees yeah, yeah, that I. Yeah. It she could said, be a scowl. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did ask me to uh, get some visual evidence of your existence. <laughs> I wasn't sure why, but now that you filled it in for me, I think it makes sense. I want to shout out all the people. So referencing the Pokemon podcast, 
uh, what's your favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you was just this, this quarantine podcast I was making just because I like the thing that I feel like I'm good at is just making things. And it made me feel good to make this and do it weekly and then like say nice things about other people. But I think like all the people who said nice things back to me that because it was not a requirement, I think that that was very kind. Mm -hmm. And I definitely could have, and I definitely did say you don't have to do this. (laughs) I feel like it's a trap. So stop. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about um, a better example of I want to get a little emotional boost from making something. I mean, that's like this something that I, I wanted to say, which is, is different than you two, and just the way that I'm wired is that I feel like I'm good at making things quickly. I view myself like as a short order cook in that way. That yeah. is like if someone asks me for a burger, I will give them a burger in ten minutes, and like that's the kind of person that I just like being i like creating quickly even if it is or is not healthy as i'm learning <laughs> from your jarvis speak yeah, yeah, yeah but it was just really nice to hear it back yeah it's just sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and it's nice it's nice to hear from people i just i i'm just looking for validation of my ideas a lot because i feel like sometimes i'm radical in talking about the like being critical what i was saying and thus when when someone just be like yeah like that's true and like doesn't give me pushback on it or like tries to tell me is like well you know you could catch more flies with honey i just appreciate people who hear me and i don't have a specific example because a lot of people uh, a chunk of people do this for me but like i just really appreciate it and like when i hear then someone's like yeah that's that's crazy i can't believe that happened to you there was something i actually this was this was something in next stop there is a in the, one of the later episodes there's like a boss character that says like a lot of like does is like doing all this like manipulative like manager stuff to one of the characters and i took that from my life it happened to me when i was at a previous media job and when you were a boss no when i was super not a boss <laughs> okay. and when and Brandon was editing it and he was just like I can't believe all of this happened to you oh, and I was like yeah this happened and like Brandon and I were working at the same place but he got a different job and left when some of this stuff happened mm. so just like the validation Brandon also he also said a very nice thing to me on, on what's your favorite Pokemon and this nice things about you he he went out of his way to say a compliment that he was not he don't think he said about me and I thought that was a nice thing to do oh Brandon Brandon's a good boy Yeah, I feel like we all have, we can all give a shout out to Brandon for saying some incredibly thoughtful, well-phrased, nice thing. I feel like Multitude is all chock full of good, good peeps. Yeah. We're trying, man. Except for that one. Oh, and you know, you know who you are. No need to elaborate. Guys, I'm on this podcast. You don't have to. It's Amanda, okay? (laughs) I'll say, I'm speaking truth to power right now. It's Amanda. (laughs) She's too busy. She's being a girl boss. (laughs) She's spending too much time with that. I said today, because the girl boss woman got like is got fired from her own company or something oh, she's shit. like really terrible she's like a very terrible person yeah. but i i messaged her in our industry channel on her slack and i'm like amanda you could finally be the girl boss like <laughs> oh it's your God. time <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a moment. sovereignty yeah. <laughs> the queen has fallen the throne has been vacated <laughs> <laughs> she can be the girl boss yeah um, has to be a trial by combat to see who's the next girl boss you are the next girl boss america's next girl boss manipulate an antique seller <laughs> who can best manipulate an antique power structure <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just uh, shout out, to, shout out to all those people, and like yeah, hey, if you're out there, say a nice thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm what? Just me too. I'll take a nice thing. Yeah, say I'll, nice things to us. I'll take one nice thing, and if 
anybody, if I get any more DMs than one, I'll be disappointed in all of you. So coordinate, make sure to only send Jordan one. Please. Because you can all send the same thing if you want. Yeah. Like a... Actually, no, specifically send me nice muscles. Just say nice muscles. All, low, all lowercase. Or nice kick, nice kick flip. Nice kick flip or nice muscles. And please put an emoji. And I think you know which one I mean. Mm. <laughs> I'll be waiting in the Sad Boys Discord for you to say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout outs to... I jumped in a Sad Boys Discord voice chat the other day. Oh, really? Chatting, and I oh, jumped cool. in. And I think I made it weird for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> they all looked very nice to me. And uh, they were just very nice. So I want to give a shout out to the Discord. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the Join the Party Discord. They are they buoy my feelings so much, and they like <laughs> the fact that I know that there's a bunch of people who like my jokes that are all in a place. Yeah. Like it's just so nice. Oh my god! I do think that's a, a great metaphor. The emotional buoy. <laughs> Help! My feelings are lost at sea. <laughs> that's amazing. How do I spell this thing? I think this is a great place to uh, to wrap up. Actually, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've given some some great feelings related shout outs. Um, we've been grateful for the people in our lives to say nice words and if any of you guys don't feel like you have access to nice words being said about you feel free to to hit me up i will give you a compliment I, i'm I, i'm chock full of them do you have any specific thoughts on my muscles or mm, not now jordan i'm a little uh I, i've got allyship fatigue you have to draw the line somewhere <laughs> Uh, sorry, uh, I just ate an energy bar, and I, my allyship is all up. So, Jordan, hey, nice muscles. Yes. There you go. And what emoji? Um, eggplant emoji? He figured it out. I was going to go with ple pleading it. eyes emoji, which, fun fact, on Apple devices, pleading eyes emoji, you can type in, please, sir, and it will auto-complete. <laughs> Happy Zaddy's Day, everybody. I know, right? <laughs> Please, sir. You know if you type in, like, the MySpace version of Raw, R-A-W-R, it pulls up a little lion? That's amazing. Isn't That's that great? Good. I'm ashamed to know that. <laughs> Amanda said glomp to me the other day, and I'm Jesus. like, what cursed runes did you put upon me? <laughs> Those yeah, were you feel the tectonics plate shift as, like, yeah. the, the ancient dragons awaken. Oh, my exactly. God. Glomp. Shout out to those ancient dragons at the end of Avatar. Um, the original Firebenders, y'all. <laughs> well, I was going to say thanks to Eric, just to give a little compliment for joining us. Thanks. What a silver presence he's brought us. A, 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 uh, a, shining, uh, a shining presence. Oh His presence is a presence. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Gossip, gossip. <laughs> <laughs> Love, I don't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, whoa. Uh, all I get is these vampires and bloodsuckers. That's Jay-Z's corniest line. <laughs> in rap history <laughs> Eric where can the internet find you if they want to reach you to give you a compliment that is very What's well your deserved? address well you can find me on twitter.com at L underscore Silvero that's E-L underscore S-I-L-V-E-R Oh, that is my name if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler. Ooh. Me and Eric are part of a club called the Bad... <laughs> Hard to search verbally. Tried, tried to find it. <laughs> we tried to find it our way. The Listen, quest if is I, yours. If I could hack into the mainframe and go back, I'd be like, just try Eric Silver. <laughs> yeah, we're in a, a Discord called Fuck SEO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can also find all of my shows that I am a part of, which is Join the Party, Next Stop, and you can follow find all of the shows from multiple multitude just put multitude into your podcast player and you can find all six of our shows that we do Ooh, Holy moly. jordan hey what's, what's up man? how about you where where can people find you if they want to give you exactly one compliment about your muscles 
Well, they'll have to choose one platform. That's the problem. <laughs> Preferably Instagram. Because well, I am, yeah, give them uh, a few options. Though. Give them a few options. Uh, you can hit me up on Pinterest. It's mostly me choosing which Calvin and Hobbes tattoo I want to get. <laughs> <laughs> it, Do the one where uh, Calvin's pissing. I, Do that one. Yeah, yeah. Cal- am I kidding? No. <laughs> uh, if you have any suggestions of which Jar Jar Binks tattoo I should get, am I kidding? Very much not so. <laughs> Misa <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> Misa ashamed of you. Uh, yeah, hit me up on uh, at Jordan Adika, J O R D A N A D I K A on everything, forever, always. I love you. Give me a little online kiss, but it has to be a compliment about my muscles. And you choose an emoji. Eric was wrong. It wasn't the eggplant, you pervert. <laughs> yeah, you can hit me up on there, and I don't really have other things happening. Arcs, your boy's working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, do everything that I can. I, I also would love the show to come back. And people, speaking of people being like very untraditionally nice, people still message me about that, and it's very funny. Jarvis, there's a baby hand on your screen. <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just forced perspective. Haven't you seen The Hobbit? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Haven't you seen Lord of the Rings? Taken, though, thankfully. <laughs> As for me and my regular sized hand, thank you very much. You can find me on the internet at Jarvis on Instagram and Twitter. It's just my name. I know I don't have a cool luchador name or anything like that. It's just a vanilla. Oh yeah, so jealous that you just have just your name. <laughs> vanilla you know, like Jarvis. Some idiot. No, I know. Playing the algorithm again. He's playing I know, the I, algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the other <laughs> thing? True. Uh, you can check out the Sad Boys uh, Discord. What's the Discord link? Jordan. If you go to bit.ly sad boys pod, you can even do it with caps on the first letter of each one, though I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> if you're feeling randy. You feel a little spicy. Ca- capitals if you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> but not but not too many. Uh not too many caps. And that's it. Uh we end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase. We, we love, love you. you. And we're sorry. Boom! Boom. We've done it. We've done, we a, it. We've done a pod. I kind of want to expand that uh, expand that nanny track and like put something on it. I don't know. Get that pump, yeah. Read by Fury, growing up, yes, that villain, huh? And y'all ain't really getting gold overseas like I'm losing food, coming, coming on my cup of shabuji. Y'all did just show me the way to the one piece. If you don't like it, then go ahead and sue me. If you're ready for peace, then it's war. Yeah, gearing up, double fruit, setting the score. Grand line, yeah, I'm headed for more. East Lou, yeah, I'm headed for more, 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 more. I'm sorry, I'm killing you. Super manipulate bars. That's a sucker. My enemies working my way to the top. I got plenty to be all. Are you ready for me? All of y'all dead ain't playing for greed. Yeah, I got a license to kill in the spree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might die, yeah, you might die like a night guy kicking Madara. No lie, get my third eye, make him all cry like I'm Kaguya. Standing up all high, this ain't a tuning exam, boy. Wasting this damn time, play me in sugar, you know I don't fuck around. First of man, we going shown and jump. Get that pump, breathe a fury, yeah, we growing up. Uh, trying to get it like I'm Toriyama. Kishimoto, Fujiwara, yeah. Trying to make it like a voice of man, we going shown and jump. Get that pump, rebuff fury, yeah, we growing up. Uh, 
Tryna get it like I'm Toriyama Kishimoto Fujiwara, yeah Tryna make it like a mangaka Mangaka, yeah, yeah, yeah Mangaka, mangaka, yeah, yeah, yeah Mangaka, mangaka, yeah, yeah, yeah Shouting jump, going up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it.